our dads a hand. Come on, give them a hand right now. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> you know, um, uh, kids, you know, um, we dads do that kind of stuff because we enjoy it, not because we're nerds, because we know it embarrasses you. Isn't that right, dads? And, and there's no stopping us. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day. Come on, give our dads one more round of applause. Amen. Amen. We have a, we're going to have a special drawing for you guys. If you uh, entered in here today, you should have received a ticket. If you did not receive a ticket, just raise your hand. Um, keep it up, and they are get, give you a ticket. And so um, they're going to give you a ticket for a drawing for, for two things. There's going to be Rolls tickets and a $100 gift card to Home Depot, which we'll be uh, giving out just a little bit later. Uh, of the service. So keep on to it. And at the end of the service, we'll actually uh, um, have that number on there. Amen. Well, um, look in your bulletin real fast. There is a, um, uh, an outreach that we're doing next Sunday, and uh, it's going to be at one of the hotels, and it has the information there on off of I-70. There's about 30 families that live there, and we're going to go over there and just bless them with a barbecue and ice cream, and just uh, just love on them, okay? And so there's some information. I just wanted to let you know about that so you can kind of just get it on your calendar to plan on signing up for that, okay? Um, also, this week is LAM, Love After Marriage. It's our, um, our uh, workshop that we do uh, uh, once a year. And so what I want you guys to do is pray for this because there's a lot of families that are coming. Some are coming from, there's three different countries that they're coming from. And so if you could just begin to pray and just ask the Lord. In fact, we're going to do that right now. We're just going to bow our heads and just pray. And we're going to pray over this Love After Marriage conference. And if you could just pray that, man, God just really shows up in these people's lives. Man, I've seen uh, marriages change just like that during these things. And so I want to challenge you just to be praying. And if you are think, still thinking about going, it's not too late to sign up. And please don't let money stop you from signing up. We will help you with it. We don't want money to be the, the thing uh, that would stop you. So just please do not do that. Just just go ahead and sign up today. You can see Kelly and Cindy Hill. Kelly and Cindy, raise your hand, and they will uh, let you give you some more information about that. And uh, But I want to pray for it right now, okay? Because there's some marriages that are coming that really need help, okay? So let's pray for them. Father, we just bless you, and we just thank you as a church that this love after marriage is going to be a great time Father God, it's going to be an impactful time, and that marriages are going to be changed. Father God, there's marriages that are coming, people that couples that are coming that think, oh, our marriage is okay. But Father God, you're going to even make it even a lot better. And those, those, there are those that are there coming that uh, this is the last chance. That Father God, I just pray that you just intervene and you just do a miracle now in Jesus' name this week, and we thank you for it. Everybody say Amen. Amen. God's good, isn't He? All the time. Amen. Well, you, we have a guest speaker for you. It's our own uh, student pastor, Patrick Houston. Let's give him a hand as he comes to minister to us today. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Uh, you know, real quick, uh, I want to celebrate our fathers, but just to plug there for, for life after marriage. Uh, my wife and I went whenever we first came on staff here at Cornerstone, and uh, and. Our, our marriage was great. You know, we were newly, pretty, pretty much newlyweds, two years in at that point, and, uh, and uh, no, no big, you know, skeletons in the closet or anything crazy like that, but uh, it revolutionized not just our marriage, but our personal lives, and so I just want to encourage you, if you haven't signed up yet, do that, okay? It's, a, it's an amazing time where God just uh, shows you so much, but um, 
But it, it's Father's Day, and so um, uh, bless you, fathers. Thank you so much for being here, spending your part of your day with us, and and being in God's house. Uh, and my own father, um, he would have been here this morning, but him and, and my mother, they run a a ministry that helps uh, recovering addicts and, and those in need, and so they've been doing a big project this whole weekend, so they've been doing that. But my, my father is, uh, you know, Pastor Sean was talking about earlier about dads who like to embarrass people. My dad doesn't like to do it. That's just who he is. It's just what he does. Uh, if you are around him for any amount of time, you will probably be embarrassed by him. I'm immune to embarrassment, actually, at this point in my life. The last time I got embarrassed was when I got a spanking in the middle of a parking lot in a crowded uh, public area. And so uh, I was like, you know, 20. So uh, <clears throat> that's where that stopped for me. And I just, you know, roll with it now. But uh, my dad is an amazing, amazing man. And, um, and it's so fitting that, that this is Father's Day because I feel like the message uh, that the Lord has placed on my heart fits perfectly with who my dad is. Um, and so this morning, I want to talk to you from the topic of prepared, prepared. And uh, my dad is probably the most prepared man on the planet. Uh, if there's anything that he is doing, if anything that he has been, uh, you know, volunteered for, signed up for, or if it's his job, or, or he's involved in any way, shape, or form, everything you need is probably in the back of his truck, uh, or in his pocket, or something, um, and so he's the most prepared man ever, and it, it can be annoying as a son, but, uh, it's a blessing, uh, whenever you, uh, have someone around you who is ready, when you have someone around you who is there for you, when you have somebody who is, uh, put in the extra work beforehand to make sure things go smoothly, you know. And so uh, uh, that's what we want to talk about this morning. So if you have a Bible with you, let's go ahead and open our Bibles up to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 1. But uh, as you turn there, I just, I just want to take some time just to, to honor um, a few people this morning. Um, one, our, our elders, uh, I think, uh, again, fitting on Father's Day to mention our elders. Um, you know, in this house, there are some amazing fathers, and our elders are some of them. Uh, just just to, to kind of give you a glimpse at, at the men who uh, are kind of the foundation of, of this body. Uh, the other day, I was uh, over in our youth facilities, and, and uh, I saw one of our elders uh, cut across from the other side of the building to find a specific youth to come all the way down to speak a word into their life that God had placed on their heart for that for that young man, and, and so uh, that doesn't happen everywhere. I'll let you know. I've, I've been to a lot of churches and I've been a lot of a part of a lot of ministries and different things like that. And so to have men who are invested in us uh, is amazing. And so can we give it up for our elders, just the great fathers they are to this church. We love you. And uh, I also just want to mention our pastors, Pastor Sean and, and Lisa, they're, they're amazing. And uh, I couldn't, couldn't uh, ask for better examples as, as how to be a pastor, how to be a father, how to be great parents, how to, to love people. Um, I tell you what, they are amazing at what they do, and, um, and, and they love you. They love you so, so much. So, uh, But without further ado, let's, let's go ahead and open up God's Word here in 1 Samuel 3 in verse 1. And uh, this scripture... Uh, the first part of it is probably a pretty well-known story, but the, the last little portion of this passage gets a little rough. And you're thinking, uh, you know, this is Father's Day, it's a holiday, it's supposed to be happy and joyful, so don't bring me down, dude. Pull through for me. So let, let's get through this, all right, and, uh, and we'll see why, why we're reading here. It says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. 
And one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Verse 6. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord. So the Lord called a third time. And once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And then Eli realized it was the Lord calling to the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, and this is where it gets kind of rough. He says, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. And I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God. And he hasn't disciplined them. So I vow that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifice or offerings. I was like, oh, thanks. Happy Father's Day, right? We get uh, doom and gloom from God uh, as soon as we open up uh, the Bible. And, and a lot of times I know that we, we like to kind of stray away from things like this and, and make it a point to try to, to, to be motivating and happy and peppy. And I, and I promise we'll get there. Um, you know, I believe that God's word always goes out to encourage and to bring love and to bring life. And so we're going to get there. But let's pray uh, together this morning before we get started. Father, we thank you so much for what you're going to do in the house today, God. We thank you for our fathers. We thank you for the men and leaders that they are in our families and in our community, God. I pray that you bless them over and in abundance, God. I pray, Lord, that we would receive from your word today. God, that we would be full with your presence, full with your voice, filled with your vision, God. And I pray, God, that you would uh, forgive Steph Curry for his sins in, our, in the last game of uh, cursing at the ref. And God, that you would just bless him and allow him to beat LeBron, take him down in the finals. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, I can't win the Father's Day raffle ticket thing, so I got to pray where I can pray it in, you know. So uh, let's go, Steph Curry, somebody. But, uh, you know, this morning I, I want to talk to you about the topic of, of being prepared. And I don't know if anybody else in here can relate to me in this way, but uh, for me, I, I love uh, when the pressure's on. I, I love when I'm the go-to guy or, I, you know, I'm, I can make some kind of clutch play when we're, uh, you know, out on the field or, or, or in a game or something like that. I like to, to be put in the hot seat. And, and, and it's kind of like a competitive thing within me that I, I just like to see if I can do it a lot of the times. And so growing up, I got myself into a lot of trouble. And, uh, and a lot of things with, you know, parents where uh, I, would, I knew I was supposed to clean the house. And so I would wait until, like, I saw them pulling in the driveway to see if I could straighten it enough to, up enough where I wouldn't get in trouble. You know, just weird stuff like that. But, but my biggest thing was uh, in school, I, I would wing everything. I mean, a, a test, an exam, uh, a project, a presentation especially. Oh, if you get me up in front of a crowd of people, I will make you laugh and cry, and you'll be standing and cheering, and then you'll give me an A just because you love me so much. And so I, 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 I loved to do it. I loved to, to just try the best that I could, right? And so 
Uh, I was doing pretty well at it, too. I, I thought, man, this school thing's easy. I don't know why everybody hates it. I get to spend eight hours with my friends, hang out, and then, uh, you know, I just show up and do the homework, like, before I get to class. Like, it's no big deal, right? And uh, then we moved. We moved from, from a little town in uh, North Missouri all the way to Tampa, Florida, right? And my parents put me into private school, and it wasn't just some, like, you know, nice little private school where they pat you on the back because you give them money. This was a very, very hard school. And I'm talking about four hours of homework every night. Uh, these are all, you know, taking eight college prep courses all at the same time. It was, it was rough, right? And so I learned very, very quickly that winging it only will get you so far. And so I had to end up, you know, winging certain things. And then other things, I would just be like, yeah, that's uh, F for me. Yeah, just give me that and I'll take it. And, uh, you know, we'll just be good with it, right? And I would literally have to choose what I would, you know, what I would put effort towards and what I knew I was going to fail because that was just who I was at the time and, and I didn't want to put in all, all the effort that was needed of me. But, but we've all been in a situation where we feel like maybe, just maybe, I could have prepared a little better, right? I think there was probably some of you men on the canoe trip that probably felt you could have prepared a little better for the rain, Right? So, like, there's, there's certain things that show up in life where it's like, man, I really wish I would have thought of this then, right? For me, uh, recently, a story of not being prepared was uh, getting ready for uh, this message, actually, where I, uh, you know, needed a haircut, you know, because I wanted to look nice for you guys. I wanted to get presentable, you know, so that way you didn't think I was some bum youth pastor, you know. And so I, I just, I wanted to get my hair cut, but I kept putting it off. I kept putting it off day after day after day, and we got busy. VBS came, and it was crazy, which, by the way, went amazing. Uh, I loved being a part of that, and the volunteers and pastors and, and everybody that was involved. Amazing job. You guys are awesome. But uh, VBS w- was uh, a little bit of a busy time, okay? And so I just kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting off. So finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to go Saturday. I'll go the day before. We'll get it done. That's good, right? And uh, I don't know why I was thinking that I could do it on Saturday because Saturday was also a busy day, right? And so finally, uh, I'm putting it off throughout the whole day. And finally, I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I got to go. They're going to be closing soon. It's Saturday. They're busy, so let's go. So we get in the car. I, uh, we drive over to the barber shop, pull into the parking lot, and it's empty. Lights are off. No barber's there. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do, right? And so I start looking all over on my phone trying to find a barber shop. Everybody's closed. Who would have thought they would have closed early on a Saturday, right? Not me, because I didn't prepare. And so I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to go. I end up going to this one place. I walk in the door, and I immediately turn around because I see $40 per haircut. Goodbye, okay? So I walk out immediately, and uh, I try to find this other place. It's this little tiny hole-in-the-wall barbershop across the town. So I drive all the way over there, get in, and I start to get my haircut. And immediately I realize this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And so, um, you know, I try to comb, you know, over the patches and stuff that are missing. I try to make it work the best that I could. But, you know, my barber, actually, he comes here to this church. And so this morning he was like, you could have called me, man. I was like, you know what? I just wanted to live. You know, I just wanted to have the adventure of it, you know. That wasn't really, he was closed and I couldn't make it happen. So uh, that's what happens when you don't get prepared, when you're not prepared, though, right? You have to go through the aches and the pains of, of the uncomfortable situations where, yeah, I just don't have it ready, right? Whether it's at work, where, where there was something that you needed to have ready by, you needed to turn in a report or something like that, or, or it's school, or it's uh, a trip, or, or, or getting ready, you know, you got to get up early for church. And so instead of, you know, getting clothes out and making breakfast ready and all those different things, you guys just wing it every morning and, you know, we end up being here. 
45 minutes late, you know. It's okay, you know, you just miss the whole worship thing. It's all good, no worries. But, but we get to those points where, where we just miss or, or we get into a situation where our back is against the wall and we don't know how we're going to get out of the mess that we're in because we didn't prepare the way that we needed to, right? And we all understand kind of that concept. But I believe that, that preparation is something that God intended not just for the practical things in life, not just for the things that are going to uh, cost us money, not just for the things that are going to make us feel awkward or, or put us in a bad spot or in a bind, but I believe that God gave us the, the ability to prepare because that's what He is searching for, that's what He is longing for in our relationship with Him is that we would allow Him to prepare us for the things that He has planned for our lives. That God actually wants us to take some time in the forefront before we get into the heat of the moment, before we get into the hard places of life, before we have our hearts broken, before we suffer loss, that He wants to be in a relationship with us that will prepare us before we reach that place. And I believe that if we are able to do that, then we'll be able to to avoid a lot of the situations in our life where we are at a loss for words, a loss for action, and we don't know where to go. Kind of coming back to our text a little bit, we have this guy, Eli. And Eli, he's, he's the high priest of Israel. He is the man who God has appointed to prepare the nation to prepare his people. This Eli is the man who God is using to proclaim his word, to teach and give instruction, to tell the people this is what God is doing. This is what he wants from us. This is where and how we have to live. Let's follow suit in this manner, right? But at the end, we kind of see a, a message that you wouldn't expect from God to a guy that he had entrusted with this task. See, Eli actually had really kind of strayed away from his task. And he had come to a place where in his own personal life, he was no longer preparing for the Lord. The, the guy who was, who was given the assignment by God to prepare the people was not preparing his own home. See, what was going on with Eli is that his sons were running amok. They were going crazy, and they were doing all kinds of things. These are the guys, these are the kids who should be the A students. They should be the kids who, during the Bible drills and the Sunday school classes, got their hands raised, and they know the answer, right? And it's not just Jesus, right? Like, they, like they know what's going on. They've, they, they've been around church. They've been a part of the ministry. They know that there's a, a, a calling on their life, and not just a calling. It's in their blood. God destined these people to do this, but they're doing the exact opposite of what it is that God's called them to do. Actually, Eli's getting word from the community, from all the people around him, that, that his sons are out, you know, uh, partying and doing all kinds of crazy things. They're, they're hooking up with women that are found outside of the, of the church. Like, it's, it's crazy things that are going on with these men. And so Eli, he doesn't confront. He, he doesn't face it. He, he's not preparing his home. You know, so often we, we face this same thing, and it's easy for us to point at Eli and be like, man, you messed up. Here's, here it is, man. This is where you need to fix. This is what you needed to do, and you could have avoided this whole, you know, death sentence by God thing. That would have been good for you, man. But, but it's easy for us, in hindsight, to look at this picture, to look at this scripture, and see all the things that he did wrong. Yeah, you missed the mark here, bro. But it's so easy for you and I to do the same thing, and we don't even realize it. 
Because we want to avoid the awkward conversation. We want to avoid the the accountability in our life. We want to avoid and step away from from the hard things. You know, even as a youth pastor, I I don't have uh, any children yet, but as a youth pastor, you know, youth will push the boundary wherever they can. They will just just to see where the line's at, they'll cross it, you know. Just to to figure out what's going on, how real you are about this, they'll, they'll test you on it. And so it's so easy for you to see, you know, the awkward, you know, hand-holding, the, the, the getting up during a service, the, 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 the disrespectful language. It's different things. It's so easy just to, just to shrug a shoulder at and be like, oh, it's okay, they're just a kid, they don't know any better. It's easy for us to do that. It's easy for us to shrug it off on another parent or another leader just because we don't want to have to deal with it. But the fact is, is that God has called you and I to step into a place of preparation not just for our families, not just for our church, not just for our community, but also for ourselves. See, in the beginning of this passage, there's a statement, and it, it kind of struck me when I first read it. It said that, that the voice of God was rare, and that vision was uncommon. See, if you and I, if we lack preparation, if we lack preparing for what God wants to do in and through us, then we, put, we press mute on Jesus. When we stop preparing ourselves for what God is trying to, to, to do in and through us, then we, then we hush his voice and we allow all of the things that were unplanned for, all of the, the things that popped up in life, all the things that the enemy is throwing at us, all the hard and heartache and the brokenness and the, the hurt that we have to experience on this earth, we allow it to clutter our ears to the point where we can no longer hear the still small voice. Sent that messages from God were rare. Few and far between. Nobody really heard from God anymore. And then he goes on and it says that that vision was uncommon. Vision was uncommon. So the first thing that happens when we when we lack preparation is that God, his voice is no longer heard, but also we lose the game plan. We lose the game plan. We miss God's plan. We miss the opportunities that he's opened up for us, to the doors that he's opening for us to walk through. We miss it completely. We don't even understand what's about to come because we're so busy, we're so caught up in all the fires we have to put out because we missed the prep time. I remember whenever I was playing sports, um, two, two instances kind of come to mind. One, I had a, uh, a friend, he was on the team, and, and he was a, a good athlete. But for some reason, the coach always had him on the bench during football season. I, I don't know why. He, he just never played him. And I didn't really pay too much attention to it. You know, I was in high school. I didn't really care too much about what was going on in other people's lives. I just was focused on me and trying to get game time, right? And so uh, it's, it's, uh, it's Friday night, and it's uh, middle of a game, and we're doing pretty well. It's a pretty close game. And, uh, and, and I remember hearing the coach yell out my friend's name. And I thought, oh, man, he's going to put him in. And I look over, and my friend has his cleats untied and his shoulder pads off. And the coach, you know, they don't ever look for who they're yelling at. They just yell real loud, you know. And so I hear him yell again. And so then uh, my friend kind of snaps out of the daze that he was in. And he starts tying his cleats as fast as he can, you know. And uh, the coach yells one more time and still no response. He looks back and sees my friend uh, trying to put his shoulder pads on while he's still got one cleat untied, right. And immediately my coach says, sit down, sit down. And the reason why I understood later the coach didn't put him in is because he wasn't prepared. 
He had all the potential and all the talent in the world to be a great player, but if he wasn't prepared, he wasn't serious about what was put in, about the opportunity that was being put in front of him, then how would he ever be able to play the game the way the coach designed it to be played? See, you and I, we can, we can show up. We can show up on Sunday, and we can experience God, and we can be filled with his presence, have great worship, and get fed by the word, but then we can leave here and throughout the week have no preparation with him. Have no understanding, have, not, have not, not hear his voice, not see what he's doing, not see his plans, and we can get stuck in that. Another time, it was for me personally, I played baseball, and uh, you, know, you know, the coaches, they have, uh, they have signs. You know, when you're a batter, you go up into the box, and you look over your coach, and he gives you a sign. You know, you see it like they like scratch your belly, and they rub their head, and they turn their cap around, and they pick their nose and pull their ear, and all kinds of weird stuff, right? And so uh, I didn't pay attention during the whole, like, signals lesson. I was checked out. I don't know what I was doing. And so uh, I, whenever it was my turn to bat, I just swung. I just, I'm just going to hit this thing as far and as hard as I can, right? And so uh, it, it, we were in a game. It was really close, and, and the bases are loaded. I'm up to bat. And so I step into the box. You know, I give the courtesy look at the coach just to see what he wants to do, you know. And he, you know, you know stomps in the mud twice and, you know, rubs his forehead and then spins around a couple times, looks like a fool. And I'm like, yeah, coach, yeah, that. I don't know what that is. Let's go. Right? And I'm ready to hit. I swing. I miss, right? The coach looks at me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, batting. And, and so he goes, another signal, all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, pulls on his beard, spins his cap around, you know, winks at me twice. And then he's like, go. He's like, gotcha, coach. And I get up there. I swing again and I miss. And finally he goes, bunt the ball, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's what that meant. I got you now. Cool, cool. <clears throat> but it was a critical moment for us in the game where, where if I would have played correctly when I was supposed to, it would have been an advantage for us. The coach saw the situation. He knew what was going on in the game. He knew the circumstance, and he was giving me instruction for how to play the game right, how to, to move our team into victory, right? And so often God is trying to move you into victory, whether it's you personally, your family, a ministry that you're in, a team that you're a part of. He's trying to move you into victory and provision and blessing in your life, but you don't know the signals, We've missed out on God's voice. We're missing out on his vision. And we've allowed ourselves to get so caught up in the fires we're trying to put out and the opposition that we're facing and all the craziness in the business and life that we forgot that we need his voice and we need his plan before we need anything else. So how is it? How do, how do we prep? How can we get back to a place where our heart is in preparation? Where we're allowing God to take us somewhere. Where we're hearing his voice. I'll tell you how. It's just one thing, one thing. It's intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. You know, I, I can't tell you what Eli's devotional life was like. I don't know what his reading plan was or uh, what book he was reading or anything else like that. I just know that, that something was off because he should have heard God's warning. The Bible says, I- I've warned him and he has not listened. Something was off in his communication, his relationship with God. But I'll tell you the difference between Eli and Samuel. Samuel's this boy whose mother dedicated him to the Lord when he was a baby. And so he, she brings him, and now he's growing up in the house of God. And you know what happens with Samuel? The reason why he can hear Samuel's voice, or he can hear the Lord's voice, is because of his location. 
The Bible said that Samuel was sleeping in the temple near the Ark of the Covenant, near the Ark of God. That is literally the physical housing of God's Spirit on the earth in that time. It was, it was God's statement to the planet that I am with my people and I'm their God and I've got their back. And I will give them victory. I will give them triumph. I will give them blessing and I will be with them. And that's, his presence was housed there. And so Samuel, he's sleeping next to it. In his quiet time, in, in the most intimate, in the most, in the most complete and total vulnerable place that you could be in. He's sleeping next to God's presence. You and I, we have to come to a place personally where we are alone with God. I'm not just talking about just for, uh, just to get direction on, on whether we should sell our house or not. Or, or what am I going to do because, because they're sick now. Or, or uh, I have to, to teach this or I have to lead this so, so I need your help, God. Please show up now in my time of need. Yes, he's a provider. Yes, he wants to be there for you through thick and through thin. But we need to come to a place of intimacy where we can hear what he's saying to us. Where we can clearly hear the voice of God in our own lives. See, if you and I, if we can prepare this way, if you and I can allow the Lord to come in and adjust the things in our heart, to shift the things that are in the way of the plan that he has for us, then I promise you when the, when the trial comes, when the fire comes, when the, the obstacle hits, when, when the, you have questions, you don't know which way to turn or which way to look, you're going to be prepared for that moment. Because God's presence is going to rest on you. It's going to be overflowing out of your life because of the time that you've spent in preparation with him. I'm going to ask for the, the team to come join me because, you know, anytime the keys play, you know, the anointing just falls and it's just better. <clears throat> See, I, I, I saw this, I heard this quote from a really great pastor. His name is Robert Morris. And, and he said, the Lord comes to a prepared atmosphere. The Lord comes to a prepared atmosphere. See, I believe that our lives were made to be prepared atmospheres. I believe that you and I, that God designed us with this intrinsic need for his presence. For you to be the father that God's calling you to be, you need preparation in his presence. For you to be the, the mother, for you to be the, the son, the daughter, for you to be the, the teacher or the the business person or wherever sphere of influence God has you and for you to be the person that God has called you to be, you have to be able to hear his voice and to see his vision. The only way that we're able to do that is come to a place where we have pushed everything aside we said, you know what, no matter how busy I get, no matter how crazy life is, no matter how hard I feel like I'm up against the wall, no, no matter how bad it feels, no matter how hopeless I feel, I'm going to spend time with you, Jesus, because I know that I need it more than anything else. 
I know that I need your voice. I need your direction. I need your plan. I need your vision in my life because without it, I'm lost. Without it, I'm ill-prepared. Without it, I'm going to have to face this storm alone. And I need you to come in and get me ready for the things ahead. I need you to come in and help me get over this hump that, that's, that is in the road. We all know that it's coming. We all know that, that this world is full of, of hurt. We know that families have all kinds of chaos and things going on. We, we know that it's coming. So why not take the time to step back and say, Jesus, I need you. I want to be like Samuel and lay in your presence. I want to step into a place where no one else is, just you. I want to step into a place that maybe I've forgotten about. I want to step into a place that maybe I haven't been in for a while. I want to come into a place in my relationship with you, Lord, where I can hear your voice again. Where I can see where it is that you're calling me to go. I I believe there's, there's just one last thing that I want to share with you. And I, I think that if we can grab a hold of this, if we can understand this just this one statement, if we can understand this one concept, then, then the prep time with Jesus, it's a no-brainer. The, the prep time with Him, the, the time put, put in before the trial comes, it's essential. And it's that you and I, you and I have access to the presence of God because Jesus prepared a place for you. He spent 33 years of his life pouring out everything that he had, overcoming every temptation, every obstacle, every hurt, every uh, mocking word, every, every beating blow that he took so that you and I would have access to the preparation God wants to do in our lives. Man, his calling for you is so great. The plan that he has for your life, it's, it's, it's so good. But we got to walk into what Jesus gave us access to freely. We just got to take hold of it. We just got to receive it, church. We have to step into a place where we say, I'm here, Jesus. And I need you now. So I just want to so pray for you in this moment. I pray, Lord, that you would stir in our hearts to be prepared by your presence, God. I pray, Father, that we would be like Samuel and that we would find ourselves in a place with just you. That we would find ourselves in a place where we're being ministered to by you daily. That we're hearing your voice, we're, we're hearing your whispers, we're hearing, hearing you call us, we're hearing your plan, and we're seeing the, the picture that you're laying out for us. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would allow ourselves to receive the confidence that being prepared by your presence brings. That we would know just in the same way here physically and practically, when we're prepared, we're ready, and we'll take it on. I pray, God, that in our hearts we would be prepared by your presence. I pray, Lord, that you would come in now and you'd give us the desire to be with you. God, that we would 
rekindle that love for your voice, that love for your vision. And I thank you, God, for fathers and mothers and families, God, that are going to step into your presence, who are going to step into preparation by you. We thank you, God, that you're preparing us. We thank you that your plan for us is great. And it's in Jesus' name. We all said amen. Amen. now it was always on yes now i'll be in stereo okay where was i yeah welcome (laughs) get your connection cards out start filling those out but if you are visiting with us thanks for coming today see this is really loud I, i sound almost like god almost so if you are new here fill that out the connection card in its entirety and then after service if you go out to the foyer, there's a booth out there in the foyer. If you could take it out to that countertop out there, someone's going to be there to just hand you some, uh, some information about our church and a free gift for you for visiting with us today. And uh, we appreciate you for coming. And it's time to give. And, you know, it's just such a good thing to give. Amen? You know, the Bible says that God gives us the ability to gain wealth. And so it's Him who, and you say, well, I'm not wealthy. Trust me. I've been to other countries. You are wealthy. You're